Hey everyone, welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey. If you'd like to hear more podcasts like this one, you can always check it out on iTunes or soundcloud.com and you can search Jillian Pelkey or Activate. We're going to pray and then get right into the Word of God. Jesus, I thank you that you are with us always, even to the very end of this age. God, I thank you that you promise that Jesus will never leave us and he'll never forsake us, that he is with us. He goes before us. Jesus, I thank you that you are everywhere. You are all powerful. You have everything under control. We thank you for all these promises and we stand on them. We stand on them like a rock that doesn't move. You are good. And today, God, we open our hearts to hear what you want to say to us. We open our minds to understand your ways. God, I pray that we would put aside our thoughts, our ways, and look to your thoughts and your ways, and that we would be transformed by the gospel, transformed by the word of God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, we are going to take a look at one single verse in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It's pretty simple, and yet it's so complex that my hope is that it rocks your world. My hope is that it literally transforms the way you do things. My hope is that this verse really uh, stands as a a linchpin. It stands as a, a corner that you turn. It stands as something that changes everything. This verse is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, and it says this. Our fight is not against people on earth. Period. How could that verse transform your life? First of all, we recognize that we are in a fight. We recognize that we are in a war. How are we in a fight? How are we in a war? Well, when we become a Christian, we fully become a Christian. A few things have come across my path in the last day or so, and one of them is that We are not saved by our good works. We are saved for good works. Here's what that means, and that comes from the book of James. We are not saved because of all the good things that we do. We could make a list a mile long of the good things we've done, the people we've helped, the good we've done in the name of Jesus. But those things do not save us. The only thing that saves us is Jesus' blood on the cross, which covers us, which makes us 100% holy, complete, lacking nothing, 100% holy at the time of salvation. So when we become a Christian, when we become saved, born again into this new life, into this spiritual life, we are 100% done with sin, Holy, righteous, forgiven, redeemed, set free. We're golden. We are free. We are free. Praise the Lord. That's what's so great about Jesus. We are free. And now that we're free, we are saved to now go and do good works. We're not saved because we do good works. We're saved and now we get to. Now that we're saved, now that we're set free from the bondages of sin, the chains of the enemy, we are free to do good on behalf of the name of Jesus Christ. And now because I am saved, set free and sanctified, I will go forth and do good works in the name of Jesus. Now I will um, be kind to people because Jesus was kind enough to take my burden and my sin. I will be forgiven because Christ forgave me completely. 
And I'll forgive again and again because he continues to forgive me. So should we go on sinning so we keep getting grace? Romans talks about that. No, we shouldn't sin on purpose. But when we, we do, there's Jesus saying, I've already paid the price. I've already paid the price. It would be like someone taking my credit card bill and paying it off in full. And saying, I have completely paid off your debt. And then I go out and I spend and I spend and I spend. He says, I'm going to pay it off again. And I spend and he pays it off again. And I spend and he pays it off again. And he works really hard. It's not like it doesn't cost him anything to pay it off. It costs his very life to pay it off. He becomes a servant to pay it off. Will I keep spending so he keeps giving? No. Eventually I'll say, you know what? I'm going to stop spending so much. The point here is that Jesus has completely saved us 100%. We are free now to go and do good works. Our good works don't save us. We are saved already. Our good works don't save us. We are saved already. But because we're saved, we go and we do good works. So how are we in a fight? Well, if we are righteous, holy, redeemed, and forgiven, we stand on the side of light. But the opposite of freedom and forgiveness and light and purity is darkness and evil and demons and devils and chains and bondages and depression and sickness and evil. And we are constantly at war with the other side. We are constantly at war with the other side. But Ephesians 6.12, and that's where we're going to stand today. Ephesians 6.12 says, we do not fight against people on earth. The verse goes on to say, but we fight against the principalities and the darkness. We, we fight against the devil. There's some words that describe God that are a little bit bigger words. There's a word called omnipotent. And that means God is in charge of everything. There's a word called omniscient. And omniscient means that God is everywhere at all times. He's all powerful and he's all present. Everywhere he's present. He sees everything. The God who sees. Does God see? He's called omniscient. He's called the God that sees. Does he see? Does he see? Yes, God sees everything. So when we look at the problems in our lives, we remember that God sees everything. He sees some people. No, he sees everything. He sees everything. Now go back to our verse. Our fight is not against people on earth. We're fighting against the rulers and authorities and the powers of this world's darkness. We fight against the spiritual powers of evil in the heavenly world. Okay, so we're fighting a battle against evil. God sees us. He has redeemed us to do good works. He sees us in our fight, and he has redeemed us to do good works. So we need to take a look at any problem that we're facing today. Literally any problem that we are facing today. Finances, relationships, decisions, wrong that's been done to us, sin that we've encountered in other people, sin we've encountered in ourselves. We look at any problem that we have, and we have to look at it through this lens. We are fighting a war. 
And we need to make a decision. When we face our trials, we face our situations. Am I standing on the side of light or on dark? There is no in-between. There's no 50-50. There's not even a 75-25. There is a straight line down the middle. Are you standing on the side of God or on the side of the devil? Plain and simple. One or the other. No percentages here. It's all or nothing. You can't even be 5% on one side and 95 on the other. It's one or the other. Whose side are you standing on as you face your trial? Trials come in different ways. Sometimes trials come to discipline us and to teach us. The Bible says that Jesus disciplines those he loves. He disciplines us like a child so that we can learn and grow into all maturity. Why would he want us to be mature? So we can do good works on his behalf, in his name, that others would be sought out and saved. He wants us to mature so he can use us for his glory. Don't you want to be used for the glory of God? Don't you want to be sanctified, made holy and righteous? We are completely sanctified on the day of salvation, but then we are progressively sanctified as we live and we learn and we work out our salvation with fear and with trembling. It is automatic and a process at the same time. And that's a heavenly thought. And that's why it doesn't always compute in us. We are 100% holy, and yet we're learning to be holy at the same time. The example would be a prince and the pauper kind of story. A pauper who realizes that he's really a king. He may have the office of king automatically, but it will take him years to figure out and discover what it means to stand as a king, to make decisions as a king, to act like a king. The same with us. We have been crowned children of God Almighty. The, the all-seeing, all-knowing God of the universe. We have been crowned his children. But it will take us a lifetime to learn to live that way. But here's the deal. There's nothing that takes away our son's sonship and our daughtership. There's nothing that takes away the mantle that's been placed on us when we have given over our lives to no longer live for ourselves, but to live for the glory of God. And now as we live on the side of light, we face an enemy, and that's darkness. So as we face trials, it may be number one for discipline, but it also be, be also for our maturity, for discipline or maturity, or it may be a hard time that we're walking through, that God has allowed us to come up against a situation that's hard and terrible. A situation that's hard and terrible because of our own doing or because of someone else's. And it's how we face these fights, how we face these troubles that this verse talks about. Our fight is not against people on earth. We have to take a step back. We have to change our perspective and take a look and see and say, okay, I know who I am. And in this dark, deep situation, I know that I am made to rise. In your situation, in your trouble, your, your discipline moment, in your hardship, you are made to rise. You are made to shine forth the glory of God in the midst of your troubles. In the very depth of despair, you are made to rise because you are a child of God, because you stand on the side of light. And the Bible tells us there is nothing that separates us from the love of God. And so when we walk through the deepest, darkest valley of our lives, God is with us. My God is good. My God is good. 
In the midst of trials, my God didn't change. In the midst of heartache, my God didn't change. In the midst of financial ruin, my God didn't change. In the midst of broken relationships, disappointments, let down situations, my God didn't change. And I stand on the side of light. I don't stand on the side of darkness. And I will not cross over. I will not cross over to gossip. I will not cross over to bashing people because I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I will rise. I will shine forth the glory of my God. I will not cross over. I will not cross over to talk bad about somebody else because I'm going through a hard time. I will not cross over. How do you talk about the one that hurt you? Do you rise? Do you shine forth the glory of God? Or have you taken the perspective? Have you crossed over to the side of dark? Are you now working for the enemy because you're going through something hard? Or in the midst of going through something hard, are you still working for God? You see, when we go through hard things, there's this freedom that we can encounter. When we go through the hardest of hard, there's a freedom we can encounter when we realize that our circumstances don't change who God is. That our circumstances don't have to dictate our emotions. Our circumstances don't have to dictate our emotions. Because I stand on a rock, and that rock does not move. And that rock is Jesus Christ, and he is the same Yesterday, when things were good. Today, when things are hard. And forever, when I live in heaven, he is the same. And so I stand on this rock that doesn't move. So no matter what wave comes up against me, no matter what hardship comes right up to my doorstep, no matter what darkness tries to get in, my God didn't change. And neither will I. I have the joy of the Lord, the fullness of God in me, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God living in me. And what fruit am I going to produce in this hard situation? Is it going to be love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control? Or will I produce rage and malice and vengeance and backbiting and bitterness and revenge and gossip. Whose side are you standing on? How do you find this confidence? How do you stay on the side of the Lord? You meditate on scripture. You declare who you are daily. Daily, you put God on the throne and you get off of it. You are not on the throne of your life anymore. You have given your life to Jesus Christ. He is now the Lord of your life. You are a slave to righteousness, a slave to Jesus. Your life has been given to him. And so he sits on the throne of control. And so daily you confess, God, I trust you. God, I know you never change. Jesus, you say you are a rock that doesn't move. Your promises are true. I am sure in you. I am steadfast in you. God, you are good. And I will trust you even in this. And then no matter what comes our way, we stand firm. We can be full of Jesus. We meditate on the word of God. 
Because it's like a balm that cleanses us, that washes over us. Because the word of God is our comfort, is our shield, it is our sword, it is our everything. It gives us strength. Second Peter says, I will give you everything you need to live life and to live it my way. And Ephesians goes on in chapter 6 to talk about the armor of God that you can put on to fight every battle. We can be free in the midst of any circumstance. Our circumstance doesn't dictate us. God dictates what we do and what we don't do. Who has control? You or God? There's no partnership. It's you or God. Who controls your life? You or God? Whose problem is this problem you're facing? Yours or God's? Is he the God that sees? Is he the God that knows? Yes, this is his problem. I just, I just stand in obedience to my king. I just stand in, be, in obedience to my Lord. Trouble's coming, but it's not on my shoulders. Trouble's here, and it's still not on my shoulders. Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Who's there? Your shepherd, Jesus and he leads you, and he guides you. You're not the leader. You're not the guide. He is. He is the Lord. See, friend, you have control over a movie reel, a movie reel that plays in your mind, your thought process. You are the director of your own movie reel. Do you see that? You choose what you think about. Just because a thought comes in your mind doesn't mean you have to stand on it and believe it. And so as you go through trials, or as you go through discipline, or as you go through the outcome of sin that you've, you've done in your life, there's a movie reel that can play. And a lot of times, the side of darkness will creep right into your door. And it will say things like, they said to Eve, did God really say? Did God really say that he would never leave you? Because I think he's left you. Thoughts can come at you like they came at other people in the Bible, like they came time and time again to tempt and to try to lure people to the other side. And we have to stand on the word of God. This is my God will never leave me or forsake me. There's nothing that separates, him, separates me and him. His love is sure. I stand on a rock that does not move. He is the light of my salvation. He is, when he is raised up, he is the righteousness that I run to. His name is a strong tower. The righteous run to him and they are safe. If we don't have scripture to stand on, our movie reel gets distorted. When we begin to replay and replay and replay and replay nasty situations that happened in our lives, when we dwell on bad things, It's no good. But when we take every thought captive, and Peter, it says, command it. Command your thoughts. Take them captive and command them to, to bow in obedience to Jesus Christ. Tell your thoughts to bow in, in obedience to Jesus Christ. And so when that movie reel begins to play over the fight that you had, you stop and you say, whatever you need to say that comes from the word of God, my God has forgiven me for what I've said and done. Or maybe you need to say, I forgive that person. I'm no longer going to think bad of them. The Bible tells us to think on things that are pure and true and lovely and beautiful. 
The Bible continually tells us to think on heaven. It tells us to set our thoughts on things above, not things of this earth. And so all the nasty that's happened to you this week, stop thinking about it. All the troubles that are coming at you, stop thinking about them constantly. Take control of your thoughts. Take control of your thoughts and give that control to God. I say, God, I'm going to think upon your word. And I guarantee if you open your Bible in the morning and all day you think upon the word of the Lord, it will be a light unto your path. It will be a light unto your path. But when you begin and continue and continue to play a movie reel of darkness, to replay and to replay and to replay and to replay that argument and replay and replay and replay the bills that are due and you worry and you think, then you're dwelling in darkness. Not that we should pretend that nothing's going on, not that we shouldn't be wise and take care of situations, but oh, we need to meditate on the word of God. We need to meditate on truth. We need truth to be inside of us. Because as we walk through troubles, the darkness creeps up to us and we have to remind ourselves, I stand on the side of Jesus. When we walk through hard times, it shines a light on us to show where we put our hope. Many people can serve God when things are good, but the moment they become hard or the moment they don't get what they wanted, things all fall apart. If everything collapses when a hard time comes, then your hope was in that thing. Are you putting your hope in people because they'll fail you? Are you putting your hope in your children because they aren't perfect? Are you putting your hope in your job? Be here today and gone tomorrow. Are you putting your hope in money? It's just paper. Are you putting your hope in your health? God is the great physician. And our health is not forever here on this earth. It's not guaranteed. What is it that we're putting our stake in the ground here? You say, I, I put all my eggs in this basket. We don't even realize we're doing it until trouble comes. And then we say, oh, no, 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 God, you can't take this away from me. Oh, no, 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 God, this can't fall apart. This relationship can't fall apart. I'm fine as long as I'm financially stable. I'll trust God as long as I'm healthy. I'll trust God as long as my kids are okay. But there comes a point where you say, Jesus, you truly are the Lord of my life. I lay down my children and I trust you. I say, God, you are in control of my children. Give me wisdom on parenting. Give me wisdom, but God, give me peace that you're in control. You're in control of my job. God, if I lose my job, I know you'll help me find another one. I don't have to hold that burden anymore. God, you're in charge of every relationship. And so if someone leaves me, God, you will never leave me. God, you will guide me. Even through the depths of sorrow, you'll guide me. Even if I have health problems, God, I trust in you. I think that you have a plan that's better than mine. I think that your thoughts are higher than mine. I think that if you want to place me in a hospital bed, it's to talk to somebody about you. It's that, God, if, if you're going to take away relationships in my life, you're going to put me in a different place or with a different group of people. It's on purpose. I trust my king. I trust my God. He's the Lord. He's in charge. And whatever I walk through, he sees it. Is he the God that sees? He sees it. 
I was listening to a sermon recently by Tim Keller, and he talked about how it's okay to mourn when bad things happen. So many times we want to be tough and strong, and he referenced Job. And he said, Job, when everything was stripped from him, everything was taken away from Job in the Bible, and he mourned and wept. He tore his robe, and he cried. And I want to think about this for a minute. He didn't hide his problem. Many of us like to take our problems, our wound, our open wound, and cover it up. Don't let anybody see, don't let anybody know that you're, you're right face to face with darkness. And I'll tell you that that is a trick of the enemy. The enemy says, try to do it on your own. But God designed the church. He designed a body of believers to walk alongside of you, to come alongside you in prayer. He says, when two or more gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. If any of you are sick, let them call on himself. No, it says, if any of you are sick, let him call on the elders of the church. He designed the church. He designed you to be in community with other people. And here's the thing. If we hide our wounds, if we hide our troubles, if we try to go it alone, it's not God's design. The Bible says there's a cord of three cannot easily be broken. That's you and another person in the Holy Spirit. A lot of times that refers to marriage, but it also refers to friendship. We need support in the body of Christ. Many times we have things that we're going through and we never share them with anyone. We cover up the wound. The Bible also says, confess your sins one to another. And I'm not talking about standing in front of a whole room full of people and just blatting all your dirty laundry and your business to everyone. I'm saying that there is something sweet about friendship between believers, children of God. To hold one another up. If you're depressed, tell someone. If you can't have a baby and you've been trying and you've been trying and you've been trying, stop trying to hide it and tell someone. Because they'll come alongside you and encourage you and pray for you and lift you up and be a support for you. God designed us to be in community if you're going through marriage problems, tell someone. Let someone help you. If someone comes to you and they tell you their problem, they tell you their sorrow, their big issue, these are the words that should come out of your mouth. Let's take it to God. God's in control. Let's take it to God. Your advice, friend, may be good, but God's is better. And so when someone comes to you with something, see, let's take a moment right now. Let's take a few moments right now. Let's go and bring this before the Lord and see what he would say and do. We can't cover up the fact that we're going through hard times. God designed the church to build one another up in our holy faith to love one another. I'm going to read Psalm 27. This is a Psalm of David. And here's what it says. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Should I fear, and I'm embellishing here, should I fear money? Should I fear people? Should I fear opinions? Should I fear circumstances? No. No, no. <laughs> I'll start again. Psalm 27. The Lord is the light 
and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who stumble and fall. Though an army besieges me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, the one thing I do seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to see him in his holy temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At a sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Oh, that's good. That's good. Psalm 27. If you're going through the valley, if you're going through a hard time, you got to write that one down and paste it somewhere in your house. It's got to go on a mirror. It's got to go in your bedroom. In my closet, I have a bunch of scriptures taped on the wall so I see them before I get dressed. There are things I need to remind myself of. David in the psalm, he says, take heart. He speaks to him as, himself. We need to speak to ourselves. We need to meditate on the word of God. Because we're in a battle and we have a choice of how we're going to act in this battle. Many times in our Christian battle, we start fighting for the wrong side. No matter what happens or doesn't happen, my God is good. And I will take the movie reel of my thoughts and I will make them submit to Jesus Christ. I will declare that my God is good no matter what. I will search the scriptures. I will meditate on the scriptures. I will repeat them. I will put them in my earphones as I go for a walk. I'll hang them on my wall in posters and, and signs. And I'll, and I'll read and I'll read and I'll read. And I'll let the word of God help me navigate my life. And I won't control my life. I will let God be the Lord of my life. He has 100% control and I have zero. I do what he says. I go where he says. I speak as he says. And though I walk through the biggest trial or tribulation of my life, my prayer would be that joy and peace and self-control and goodness and kindness would come out of me instead of all the evil. And I have a choice to give my life to God or to just go with the, th the flow of the rest of the world. Because the rest of the world says, yell back, fight back, steal, cheat, lie. But my God says, I'll take care of it. The Bible says that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. 
He fights our battles. He's the one that takes care of stuff for us. I don't need to fight. I don't need to prove myself. All I need to do is serve the king. And I'm hidden in his court. I'm hidden in his house. Like David said, I, I, my one request is that I would be in the presence of God. I would be in his temple and that he would hide me there. And I'm hidden in Jesus Christ today. And I'm hidden in him tomorrow. And no matter what I face or what comes at me, I am a child of God. I am free. And there's nothing I can do, no amount of good works that makes me any more saved, any better of a Christian. I am a Christian, period. That makes me good. That makes me holy. And I'll spend the rest of my life working it out. But I'll choose every day to stand on the side of light instead of the side of darkness. Ephesians 6.12, our fight is not against people on earth. We are fighting against the rulers and authorities and the powers of this world's darkness. We are fighting against the spiritual powers of evil in the heavenly world. Take a look at your problem. Think about it right now. If you're alone, say it out loud. Whose problem is that? Yours or God's? Who's going to take care of that? You or God? God's going to take care of it. God sees you. He sees you right where you're at. Now go to him for direction and wisdom and let your thoughts be set upon him. Whatever is pure and lovely and holy and beautiful, think on those things. And remember, this world is not forever. My thoughts are set on a world beyond this one because I'm going to dwell for eternity in heaven with Jesus. And no matter what comes my way or what people say or accusations or falsehoods or hard times, I want to be standing on the side of Jesus. When I'm pressed, what comes out of me should be holy. When I'm pressed, what comes out of me should be good. And so as you walk through a trial, stand on the side of God. And he will fight your battle. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are our ever-present help in time of need. Ever-present. I thank you that you're always there. I thank you that you see exactly what each one of us are going through. That you know. That you hear. You hear the, the things that have been said about us and to us. You see the wrongs that have been done to us. You see the hardships that we face, the trials that we're walking through. God, you see the circumstances. You see the, the things that have happened because of our own sin that we're walking through, the consequences of our own actions that we're facing. You see the consequences of others' actions that we're facing. You see things in our lives that are just plain trials. You see the darkness that's hanging over different people. You see the depression. And God, I pray that as we walk through these things, that our eyes will look to the hills. But that's not where our help comes from. Oh, no, our help comes from you. Our help comes from you. So God, I pray that we would look beyond people, beyond things, beyond money to fix our problems, but we would fix our eyes on you and you alone. God, I pray that you would truly be the Lord of our lives you would be 100% in control. And God, I pray that as we walk through hard situations, that good would come out of us, that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control would have its rule and reign in our lives. God, I pray that we would take control of our thoughts, that we would let this movie reel that plays in our thoughts be of scripture and of good things, of holy things, of righteous things. 
I pray that we would set aside all malice and rage and anger and deceit and gossip and bitterness and self-serving attitudes. God, we lay our lives before you. Come and do your work in us, God, we pray. Move in us, God. As we fight battles, God, show us that you're with us. Remind us of your goodness. We trust you. Above all, we trust you. You are the God that sees. And Lord, we give you the rest of our day. You lead us. You guide us. We're your servants and we're listening. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.